Praise the name of the Lord. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to do our declaration of faith before we get into the word. They'd put that up. If you'd say this with me, as unto the Lord. Lord, today by faith, we declare that we are walking in a manifestation season. As your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. To give him praise. And Brother Marvin, would you pray, please? may be seated. I'm going to get right into the Word tonight, and before I begin, I'm going to go ahead and make an early apology. If I get to coughing, I've got a cough tonight, and I'm trying to get through it, and I'm even trying, going to try to preach with a cough drop in my mouth, so if you see something yellow fly across the room, don't think nothing about it. Mike, if you would, pick that up and bring it back to me. Appreciate it, bud. Well, the Lord had spoke just, I don't plan to be long tonight. I'm just going to unload what the Lord's put on my heart. The Lord spoke to me one word, and I heard the word trapped. And of course, I asked, what do you mean? It said, so many people feel trapped. So I began to search the word to see, did anyone describe their circumstances as trapped in the Bible? Well, there was Daniel, who was trapped in a lion's den. There was Shadmach, Reshach, and Abednego trapped in a fiery furnace. There was Paul and Silas, who were trapped in prison. There was John who was trapped on the Isle of Patmos. There was David who was trapped in a cave hiding from Saul. And there were the disciples trapped out in a storm on a boat. All of them had been trapped, snared, caught. But all were free by one common way, by the power of God. I like how David, David put it best, talking about being trapped in his circumstances. David described his time of being trapped and freed as compared to that of an animal being trapped or snared by his enemy, his fowler. He wrote in Psalms 124, 7 and 8. This will be my scripture for the night. David says, My soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. 
David was speaking of being trapped. He was saying, I was like a bird. I was flying through the air. Why the fox lied waiting and hiding for me to land within his reach. How many know we have a fowler that his name is Satan who also sets, waits, and he plots to snare us? The bird flies from branch to branch. He makes his way down to the lowest branch. Then into the lily field he flies to chase a butterfly, unknowingly realizing he's within the reach of the fowler who has laid a snare for him. It was a trap. Then suddenly the fowler grabs his foot, and now he's trapped. The bird cries in fright and agony. Feathers begin to fly. He's trapped by the fox, the fowler. I've seen that actually happen one day. I was walking in my woods one day, and there was this little tree out there, and I noticed all these blue jay uh, feathers all around the tree, and I thought, wow, what's going on out here in my woods? A few days later, I was riding my fuller, and I rode quickly through the woods, and all of a sudden, I, something caught my eye. I looked over there. There was a fox in my woods. He was along a tree line, and he was sitting right along the tree line by this little tree. And I looked, and sure enough, there was a blue jay bird in that tree. I said, surely not. And sure enough, that old fox sat there, and I just watched from a distance. And he went out there, and before he knew it, he had that blue jay in his mouth, and he was gone. That blue jay was trapped by the fox, by the fowler. David said, this is where he had been. Trapped by the fowler, but his soul had escaped. Notice he said, my soul escaped. Didn't necessarily say his circumstances changed, but his soul escaped the trap. Didn't say he didn't suffer some damage. Didn't say he wasn't scared. Didn't say he didn't suffer emotionally or physically. This bird should have been flying, soaring freely to new heights, but couldn't because he was trapped. This bird should have been singing and chirping, but he couldn't. He was trapped. And it was Israel that cried in their captivity, how can we sing the Lord's songs when we are trapped in a strange land? See, people want you to sing and they want you to be happy, but it's hard when you're trapped. And I've come tonight with a word of the Lord for those people who know exactly what I'm talking about. I've come to tell you God wants to do for you for what he did for David. No matter what your circumstances are, even in the midst of your circumstances, he wants your soul to escape from your circumstances, from the trap, from the snare. You might be trapped in your finances, your relationship that you're in, or in the job that you're in, or in the neighborhood you're living in. But regardless, in the midst of it all, your soul can escape and be free like a bird escaping out of a snare. See, there are many people that are in circumstances and they feel trapped. Some don't know how you ever got in this trap. It wasn't intentional. You were snared. Some can't believe you've been snared by your enemy and now you're trapped. And don't know how to get out. It's even created a catch-22 situation for you. It doesn't look possible for you to overcome it. You've been there for days, months, maybe even years. It's one of those things you can't see how you're ever going to get out of where you're at. It's one of them you just have to sit back and try to endure it, ignore it, but it's there. It's one of those where you want to give up because if you've got to live trapped, there's no quality to your life and it's not even worth living. There are people who are here right now where I'm speaking right now. You've cried yourself to sleep over it. Your stomach's been tied up in knots over it. You've lost weight over it. You feel like you're about to lose your mind over it. You feel trapped. Have you ever been trapped in a dead-end job? Feel like you're going nowhere? There appears to be no potential promotion or a raise. This is it day after day, year after year, just doing the same old, same old. 
due to circumstances that allowed the enemy to trap you, you took the job out of desperation. It was only going to be a temporary job. Now you've done been there 10 years. It's the only thing you know how to do. Or now you feel like you're so old, it's too late to try to start something new. There's no way you could afford to get the schooling. You need to pursue another career or your past record won't allow you to have anything better than this. I have to work this job. I can't afford to move. I have to work two jobs since Bobby dumped me, and now I have to raise the kids by myself. So now you're getting up every morning. You force yourself to get in that car and drive to that dead-end job with no hope of it ever being any different. You're trapped. You're not respected. You're never recognized. you got folks telling you you ought to quit, but you can't afford to. You're rationalizing. At least you've got a job, and you're making something. You feel trapped like a bird in the snare of a fowler. How about have you ever been trapped in a relationship, an unhappy marriage? Don't raise your hands. Ever found yourself getting off work, driving around the block an extra three times, circling your house, not because you're lost, but because you're trying to convince yourself to go home? You know what lies on the other side of the door when you get there. You're not sure you want to go through another night of the verbal abuse. You're not sure you want to go through another episode of sexual abuse. You're not sure you want to go through another night of fussing and fighting over the bills. You're not sure you want to go through another night of explaining to the children why there's no food in the refrigerator. You're not sure you want to go through another night of sitting home alone wondering, is he coming home? But you got to eventually pull in the drive and you got to go in and face it again. You're trapped. Have you ever been trapped in a bad neighborhood and you want to move out of it, but you can't afford to? There's weekly shootings, there's drug deals, there's people hollering and screaming and fussing, fighting all hours of the night. There's yards around you that are full of trash and junk. You're tired of looking out the window, staring at them old rusty cars in your neighbor's backyard. You're economically strapped, so you're doing the best that you can. You can't let the kids play outside because it's not safe. At night, you sleep with a loaded gun and one eye open. You got cars driving up and down the road all night long, going in and out of your neighbor's house, buying drugs, and you can't afford to get out. And here you are responsible for raising three children all on your own. You're trapped. Ever been trapped financially? Month after month, can't make the ends meet. Sometimes it's days before you can get the heat back on. Can't get a job for the creditors calling every day. And you keep robbing Peter, trying to pay Paul, but now Peter's broke too. You couldn't help it. The baby was born with a critical medical condition. And because of either your job didn't have insurance available or you couldn't afford it, now you're engulfed with medical bills that you can't pay. You wasn't expecting to have a heart attack at 45. The affliction has you disabled for life, and now all kinds of folks are calling you, and they're wanting to take your stuff that you worked so hard for all of your life. You wasn't expecting to get a phone call saying the factory's closed. Now you're trying to raise the kids on just your salary. You've been working multiple jobs, and you still can't make ends meet. You're wore out. You're mostly drained. You're trapped. Have you ever been trapped in love? Were you in love with someone who don't love you back? Have you ever wished you could stop loving one so much when you know they don't love you? You're so tore up and messed up, you can't sleep, you can't eat, thought she was the one. You know the right thing to do is move on, but your heart is so heavy, it's like an anchor, and it will not let you move. So you try to will yourself to stop. You tell yourself, I'm not going to feel no more. I'm not going to worry no more. I'm not going to call no more. And then 30 minutes later, you're punching in his number, only to be punched in the gut once again. 
You declare enough is enough. You tell yourself, self, you're not going to lose. You're not going to lose no more sleep anymore. So you draw back the covers. You lay down your tired body only to find the body is tired, but your mind is very much awake. You see 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Your eyes are shut, but your mind hasn't shut down yet. You finally reason, I might as well get up. Have you ever climbed in a warm bed with a cold spouse? Lay there with tears streaming down your face while he sleeps soundly and never knew you shed a thousand tears that night. Only to have to get up in the morning, shower, get all dressed up, put your makeup back on, report to work, punch the clock, put on a smile, and begin to say, good morning, may I help you? Well, all the time you're hurting on the inside, knowing your heart, your heart, there is nothing good about this morning. And you can only say it because you're paid to. It's just the same old stuff. It's just a different day. And little does anybody know when they're speaking to you, they're talking to an inmate. Yes, an inmate. You're confined to your own personal cell. You're trapped in your own life. Trapped with a child that respects everybody else's advice but yours. That little dude will do everything for someone else but you. But you raised him. You fed him. You walked the floors with him when he was sick. You cleaned up his vomit. You missed work to take care of him. You worked two jobs to make sure he had everything the other kids had. And now they will cuss you to the face and you just want to. But you still love them. You're trapped. Now I'm getting into some stuff tonight. Y'all better pray for me. I'm sure I'm moving up the enemy's hit list. And that's okay because if anybody, just somebody gets free from your trap tonight, It'll be worth it all. Does anybody know what, what it's like when you're trapped and you can't tell nobody? Now, you want to talk about trapped. Trapped with a secret that if she knew, you'd lose her. That if the church found out, they'd take you out of ministry. That if the workplace finds out, it will cost you your job. You want out, but your enemy has convinced you it'll cost you too much to get out. Trapped with a secret habit. If the saints knew you were still smoking. If your daddy knew you were still on drugs, if your wife still knew you was looking at those peep sites, hallelujah, help me, somebody. Have you ever done something that you hated, but you felt you couldn't stop doing it? You tried three times to quit it on your own, been to counseling, thought you were over it, moved to get away from it, but it showed back up. You feel you don't have nobody to talk to about it. You feel no one will understand. If they knew what you were going through, you wouldn't be thought of as a good person. They'd never look to you the same again. You'd lose your position. It's not that you're not a good person. Does anybody in here besides me think it's possible to be a good person and become trapped in a bad situation? Trapped. Where it wasn't your intentions. You didn't ask for it. You didn't plan for it. You wasn't aware it was going on. You simply overlooked it. It started out so innocently. But you were snared by the fowler, and now you're trapped. Do you think it's possible for a good bird to be snared by a crafty fowler? How about a fish that gets caught in the fowler's net? Not because they're mean, but because they're vulnerable. We lay bait for them. We draw them in. And then we set the hook and they're trapped at our mercy. Come on. We've got to be honest. If you think everybody that comes to church is free, then you've lost touch with reality. 650 people and some change in here on every Sunday morning. If you think all of them come in here Sunday morning free, you've lost touch. Some of us woke up in our cells this morning 
as we do every morning, trapped. Drove to church this morning with handcuffs on. Sitting in here with ankle braces on. Knowing when you get back home, you got to check back in with the warden. Because you're living in a trap. You're going home to your cage. You've been out for a couple hours. You came here hoping God would say something or do something to ease your pain. Well, I've come to tell you, I hear David said, my soul is escaped. And I've come to tell you it's possible for your soul to escape the snare of your fowler in spite of your circumstances. For with God, nothing is impossible. What he did for David, he'll do for you. It's possible for God to break the chains that bind you. I declare that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I prophesy that the spirit of the Lord is in this place to loose your chains and bind up the brokenhearted. I declare it's possible to be freed this very night for whom the son says free is free indeed. Even if you've been there and you've been trapped for a very, very long time. We are living in a world of chaos with more chaos to come. It seems it's growing each and every day. If we're going to be Christians, we're going to have to learn how to live trapped. All those circumstances come against us and we get trapped and we get snared. Our soul can still be free. In Luke chapter 13, it tells of Jesus being in the temple when a woman walks in who had a spiritual infirmity. Had been bowed over and it's very clear the infirmity was given to her by Satan, her fowler. And she'd been trapped for 18 years. But Jesus, upon seeing her, stopped the service, and he called her out, and he pronounced to her, Woman, thou art loosed, and immediately she was healed. I wonder, has anybody ever been trapped in a stinky situation? If that's you, then I say to you, Hello, Lazarus. Because Lazarus was trapped. He used to be a man up walking, moving around, taking care of business. But now in, in one of those, those who was free is now trapped by an affliction. It's hard when you used to be free and strong and you're mobile. Then suddenly you find yourself trapped by your affliction. And in some cases leading some to their death. Upon Lazarus' health quickly declining, Mary says, go get Jesus. Tell him his friend is sick and he's trapped. They went and told Jesus, yet he didn't come immediately. Lazarus went from being trapped with a sickness to trapped with death. Lazarus died, and Jesus didn't stop it. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I got a divorce, and Jesus didn't stop it. We lost the house, and Jesus didn't stop it. My son went to jail, and Jesus didn't stop it. Lazarus, Jesus' friend, died trapped. Why? And Jesus explained it. Upon hearing from Mary, your friend Lazarus is sick, Jesus proclaimed, this sickness is not unto death. This is so that God can get the glory from his life. There are times that God allows things to happen for a greater glory, folks. See, it's one thing for him to show up when you're broke, but it's another when you've lost everything. And he shows up and gives it all back and even more than you lost, just like he did for Job. It's one thing for him to show up in the divorce court, but it's another when you are divorced. But he blesses you with a good, godly man, and you live happily ever after. It's one thing when he shows up and heals a fever, but it's another when they pull the plug and you wake up and you live another 20 years. Come on, somebody. 
We're not talking about natural responses. We're talking about a supernatural God who's able to refute the natural responses of nature and supernaturally override nature itself. In other words, all things are possible to those who believe in God. I don't care what your friends say. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the employer says. I don't care what the banker says. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. I had a man come to me one time and said, pray for me. I said, okay, what's up? He said, I'm trying to get a job. I've been there 20 years, and the job's open, and I should be the guy. But I just want you to pray that I get the job. I said, okay. I prayed. I seen him the next week. His countenance was way down. So what's up? I didn't get the job. I said, oh, man. I said, yep. Did me wrong. I should have got that job. That's really, I said, oh, man. So I prayed. He said, yeah, I did too. So I don't understand it. I've worked 20 years, gave him my life 20 years, didn't get the job. Seen him a week later. This time, he comes walking down the hallway, smiling. I said, what's up? He said, you know, I didn't get that job. I said, I know you told me that. You know what I did get? I got the job above that job. I said, yeah. What would we say? Well, I go, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Praise the name of the Lord. God had something better for him. And so many times he does. They took Lazarus' body and they wrapped it in one-inch strips of white linen. Kind of like you would do a bandage for a cast. You must understand the embalming mythology at that time. They wrapped them up. Then they would lay them down. And they would place a death napkin over their face. So there he is dead, trapped by death. Many may be like or like him today. Somebody's love life is dead. Somebody's finances are dead. Somebody's emotional life is dead. Been dead so long that it stinks. But Jesus showed up four days later. Have you been there? When you feel things happen too late? You know, like now they're having marriage classes after I'm divorced. Now they're teaching on financial security after I've done lost my house and my job. Now the preacher's preaching on deliverance as I'm done, been gone to rehab. Now I hear these things after the fact, just like now. Now Jesus shows up after he's dead. Mary believed and even expressed to Jesus, if he would have got there sooner, he wouldn't have died. Now Jesus, after finally arriving, knowing God's plan for Lazarus' life, the purpose for the trap, having the power now to free Lazarus, he tells the men to roll back the stone. He didn't say, help me, men. He told them to roll back the stone because God will never do for you what you can do for yourself. There are things you can do to always improve your situation. You can help yourself and you can, as well. You can help others to get free. So often we simply do nothing. We just sit down and we wait for God to do something. If he don't, we die. Lazarus is in a tomb. Jesus says, roll the stone away. I've come to tell you, it's time for the church to roll the stone away for some folks who are snared and they're trapped. Even the people that love Lazarus tried to tell Jesus, let's not go there. Let's not do this. He's been dead four days, and he stinks, man. Here stands Jesus at the tomb. And Jesus says, Father, you know I don't have to say anything to do this. Matter of fact, I could just simply think him into the resurrection because I am. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Folks, it's not about what he does. It's about who he is. After all, Jesus is the seed of Abraham. Now, what I mean by that? I hear it all the time said. It means God waited until Abraham's 
reproductive body was dead when it could no longer produce a seed. And his wife, Sarah's womb was dead and couldn't carry a seed. It was then that God quickened Abraham's dead body, gave him the seed and the power to pass it on. And Abraham's seed by the power of God was so potent that when it hit Sarah's dead womb, it quickened it. Though she was 90 years old, it brought it back to life again. Abraham's seed then passed down through 42 generations, stepped over through the mouth of an angel, and infiltrated the womb of a virgin named Mary. Then, according to John 1:14, wrapped himself up in flesh, left the splendor of heaven, was born in a manger in Bethlehem, and came out and declared, I am the seed of Abraham. I am the root of Jesse. I am the son of David. I am that I am. And wherever Jesus is, there is resurrection power, and somebody's going to get loose, somebody's going to get out, and somebody's going to get set free. So Jesus, knowing what was necessary for the people to believe and to bring God the greatest glory, says to himself, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it loud and clear, so they will know it was my word that did it, that they knew that I spoke it. This way, they will know it didn't happen by accident. So he yells, Lazarus. Come forth. You see, he waited four days on purpose. You better start believing your waiting has purpose. And because the Sadducees didn't believe that the spirit left the body until after their being dead for three days, Jesus raised him on the fourth day. Because if he would have raised him yesterday on the third day, the Sadducees could have said he wasn't dead. So he waited an extra day to show them time does not limit him. And there's some of you who wish you would have got out of your stuff yesterday. But you've got to trust God on this one. He's got a plan and he's got a purpose. His ways are above our ways. You've got to lean not to your own understanding. You've got to understand that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You've got to learn to wait upon the Lord because it's in his timing. So all your enemies can see if it had not been for the Lord on your side you would be dead by now. God didn't bring you through everything he's brought you through to leave you trapped to die. I know some of you have been through a lot of pain and travail, but just like that of childbearing, let me say to you, when you get the next pain, just push and push hard with everything you got because you're fixing to birth your dreams, your promise, your breakthrough. You're fixing to escape the snare of your fowler. Although it's been nine months and a lot of pain, when the delivery is over, you will be possessing blessing. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is going to come in the morning. Hallelujah. If he would have showed up yesterday, they would have said it's coincidental. They would have said it was your lucky day. If he would have showed up right when it started, they would have said it was just a mistake. It was an accident. It was a misdiagnosis. But when he waits till it appears dead to the natural thinking man that it's over, that we're through, that we might as well all give up and it stinks. When he waits till man's done, done all he can do, then it's obvious to all it's the miracle working resurrection power of almighty God that did it. And all these men could do was roll back the stone, limited by natural boundaries. It was Jesus' spoken word that gave him life. It was his supernatural power. The Bible says that we're to know him by the power of, the, of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. You can't have a testimony without a test. You can't have a victory without a battle. You can't have a miracle without an affliction. You can't have a resurrection without a death. Now, today, I'm not talking about being trapped for an evening or a weekend. There's people who have been trapped for years. 
Worst part has been nobody's come to visit. You just go home. and You sit alone. Oh, for some, there's people around, but you still feel alone. You're an inmate locked up in an invisible cell, serving time. What you've come to believe is a life sentence. Nobody can minister to somebody who's locked up in a cage that they can't see themselves. And can I remind you, although man can't see it, your brother can't see it, your sister can't see it, your neighbor can't see it, that God can see it. And that God knows exactly where you're at and what you're going through. Some of you can relate. You're there. Some of you have been there and done that. Some of you can't relate. But give it a little more time, a little longer living on this world, and you'll be there. And I guarantee you, every one of you, before you leave this world, you'll need this message. If you don't need it today, I encourage you to go ahead and buy the CD for that time to come. Because you'll need it when you become trapped. Go ahead and fly right now like a bird that's free. But I promise you there is a fowler who is planning and plotting like a fowler to snare you, to trap you. Now, why do I say this so confidently? Because I know this fowler. It's his mission to trap you, to snare you. He watches you. He studies you to learn what bait or trap to use, to catch you, to make you miserable and bound. He roams to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to incarcerate you, your finances, emotionally, physically, relationally. I think it's safe to say there's not a person over the age of 20 that hasn't already experienced being trapped. You're either in one, just got out of one, or you're fixing to get in one. You'll be like David described, a bird in the snare of the fowler, like a fish snagged by the bait. Don't know how you got like this, how I got caught up with her, how I got in such a financial mess, how I got on this drug. All I know now is I'm trapped. It looked good. It looked safe. It looked affordable. It looked long-term. She looked pretty. It looked stable. It sounded like a good opportunity. It sounded like a good job. He sure sounded honest to me. He looked like the right one, but I swallowed it hook, line, and sinker, and now I am snared. Hey, the home was a three-bedroom, two-bath, just what we needed out of town. Got the loan easily, didn't have to have no money down, perhaps Perhaps interest was a little high, and yet it was a variable rate that didn't matter at the time. It sure looked good to you. You believed you would make it somehow. You got a good job. But when the economy went sour and the variable rate went up, it exceeds my income now. And worse than that, I'm losing my job now. I can't afford to pay for it. Now I'm trapped. I thought he was the one. Never thought I'd be raising these kids on my own. I can't even make ends meet anymore. I don't even have the gas money to go to the job interview to even get a better job. I'm trapped. I'm married to a joker. Daily, I'm verbally abused. Everything that happens is my fault. I can't live with him and I can't live without him. I'm trapped. Have you ever been trapped? Lazarus was trapped. And Jesus hollers, Lazarus. Say Lazarus. Say it one more time. Calling that dead flesh to come alive to escape the snare of death. Can you imagine what it was like for Lazarus when he woke up? Awake but still bound? Do you know that God can call you, save you, and you can still be trapped? That you can be resurrected and still trapped? Saved, sanctified, and love of Jesus but still feel trapped? Many think, I didn't think that applied to save people. I want to tell you, there's many who could testify 
I got married to a good Christian man, but I still got trapped. I sung in the choir, but I still got trapped. I make $20 an hour now, but I got trapped. I bought a house on the good side of town, but I got trapped. I sent my son to a Christian school. I didn't think this could happen, but still got trapped. Lazarus woke up in a full body cast. When God calls you and you're trapped, it's harder for you to answer sometimes when you're trapped. You usually reply, I can't do this, Lord. Look where I'm at. I can't teach like this, Lord. I'm trapped. I can't sing no more, Lord. Like this, I'm trapped. Look where I'm at. But I've come to tell you, if you'll keep on trying to get up, you'll find a way to get Jesus. If you'll open up your ears and you'll listen, you'll hear the voice of the Lord say, come forth and you'll respond like Lazarus did. You might be all tied up still and you might be trapped in a situation, but when you hear the voice of the Lord, you have to respond. I hear you, Lord. I'm coming, Lord. I know this don't look so good, Lord. I know I got up to my neck in this thing. I know they're talking about me, God, but I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming out of the sea because I've heard you call my name, Lord, and I'm going to respond to the name of the Lord. Can you imagine the sound in the tomb as Lazarus, with everything in him, made his way to Jesus? Could you imagine the sound in this place if everyone, regardless of how bound you are, would make their way to Jesus? Trapped, but I'm coming, Lord. If I have to run, crawl, or have somebody carry me, i got to get to you. Because you've spoken to me, you've called me out, hallelujah. I want you to close your eyes quickly for me. And on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to shout your name. Now, when you shout your name, I want you to shout it like you're looking out the back door and your son was supposed to be out in the backyard, but he's two doors down at the neighbor's house and you're calling him home. Are you ready? I want you to shout your name on three. One, two, three. Randy! One more time. One, two, three. Randy! That's how the Lord calls you. That's how the Lord calls you out. The Lord knows your name. And it's his desire for you to be free, to come out of that trap. It was God's job to wake him up and give him life. But did you notice it was the disciples' job to loose him? Jesus woke him up, but he told disciples, the church, to loose him. He's telling preachers, I'm waking them up, but you got to preach things to loose them. you got to lay hands on them and loose them. And it's time for the church to be the church. It's time for us to operate in an apostolic anointing with the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And trust the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above even what you're able to ask or think by the power that worketh in us. Whatever is loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven, and whatever is bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Hallelujah. I'm going to try one more time maybe get you to understand what I'm saying. See, you're going along in life. And you're free. Everything's going good. You got a job. You got friends. You come into church. 
You're worshiping. You're free to worship. You're free to go to an altar. Everything's great. And you're living free. And all of a sudden, you're walking along in life, and all of a sudden, you're snared. You just got trapped. A circumstance just arose. And this circumstance is meant to kill, steal, or destroy you. And it's got a hold of you. Now you fight. And you fight with all you got. I'm getting out of this thing. But after a while, he wears you down. And you no longer can fight no more. Now what happens? He begins to dictate to you where you can and can't do. You say, I want to go see my friends. Nah, you ain't going to go see her. She don't like you anyway. Well, I'm going to go to church. Nah, you ain't going to church. The issues you got, you're going to go into church and be a hypocrite. You know how them people are in church. Well, I, I, I can still worship. No, nah, put your hand down. What you got to worship for? You ain't got a thing to worship God for. Well, I'll just go to my altar then. Don't go down to the altar. When you get up, you're just going to go home and live what you lived in all along. And you're trapped. And finally, after a while, you know what you do? You just reside. And you sit down. And you feel hopeless. You're tired of fighting. You're trapped. You got nowhere, nowhere to go. You got nothing to do. So, you're sitting there. The friends call. Hey, Joyce, you want to go to the movies? Nah, I think I'm just going to stay here tonight and go to bed early. Okay, catch you next time. Oh, then the church calls her. Hey, Joyce, you going to ladies' treat? Nah, I don't think I'm going to go this year. Why not? I, well, I'm just not going to. I think I'm just, I just really just don't feel like going to, to this year. And eventually, you know what happens? The friends quit calling. The church quits calling. Ain't nobody calling. Sad, we shouldn't do that, but it happens. She don't even want nobody around. Why? She's trapped. She don't know how to get out of this thing. She can't talk to nobody about it. So she sits there in this place, trapped. Where so many people said, she allows her circumstances around her to bring her to a place and eventually isolation and not allowing anybody in and trying to keep everybody out. And this, hap this happens. But I read this scripture and it says, My soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken. And we are escaped. Now here she's sitting. Nobody's calling her. But who's she calling? Who should she call? Is anybody she can call? The scripture that I read said, call upon the name of the Lord. That's who you call upon when you're in that place. You call upon the name of the Lord. He's your very present help in times of trouble. He's for you and he's not against you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. 
And when that happens and the Lord sees where you're at, nobody else sees you anymore, but God sees you sitting there in your own place of isolation, and God begins to say, Joyce, I heard you call my name. And then he does what David said. He says, then my soul escapes out of her. The circumstances are still there, but my soul is free. I still got problems. I still got things going on, but my soul is free. And now, because I'm free, I, my soul's free, I can still have a friend. Because my soul is free, I can still come to church. Because my soul is free, I can still worship. Because my soul is free, I can still come to an altar. I'm free to live. I'm free to love. And I'm free to dance again. Because my soul has escaped. And so many people are allowing, because of their circumstances, things are going on in their life. Trapped. And we've all got them going on in our lives. But your soul has got to remain free in spite of your circumstances. Free. Still worship God. I got trouble, but I can still call his name. I got trouble, but I can still pray. And he'll still answer. And that's where we're at as a world. With all this stuff going on, you better be careful. If you haven't been trapped, he's plotting, he's watching, he's sitting by, and he's going to try to snatch you. I want to tell you something. Even if they turn the electric off tomorrow, if your soul is free, you can still be in the kitchen and dance in the kitchen and say, you are the light of the world. Why? Because your soul is free. My circumstances are not going to dictate to me where I can and where I can't go, who I can and cannot serve, because he's God. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Would you, musicians, would you come? I want you to close your eyes for one moment again. I just want you to listen to me for a moment. Hear this preacher. You're trapped. Be loosed. I said, You're trapped. Be loosed. I hear a sound. I hear someone's heart crying. I'm coming, Lord. And I've come to declare this is a night of loosening for someone. This is your hour of resurrection. This is a time for your soul to escape the snare of the fowler. You may be trapped, may have, have to go right back home to that bad situation, but tonight... Your soul can escape. Honey, tonight you can go home to a bad situation, but you can go home free. And just because you're trapped in your circumstances doesn't mean your soul cannot be free in spite of your circumstances. If you want loosed woman or sir, I'm talking about you're trapped in your emotions with your marriage, with your finances, your children, what's about your business or your job, I say to you tonight, be loosed. You're trapped and you don't know what to do. Don't even know how you could be in this place. It wasn't your intentions. You were trapped by the fowler. 
And tonight, Jesus is pleading with you. You just got to respond to his spoken word and come out of that grave. And come and let your soul escape. He did it for David, and he'll do it for you. Now, there are families that are literally trapped. Situations and scenarios going on in our homes and our families. God wants to set our souls free that we can be free in the midst of all the troubles and trials that we're going through. Pray to God's going to set your soul free. Praise the name of the Lord. Tell you what I want to do. If you're here with your spouse, I want you to grab her hand. If you're not here with your spouse, I want you to grab a, a member of your family's hand. If you're here and as of yet you're still not grabbing nobody's hands, I want you to grab another friend's hand. And by now, we everybody ought to have the hand of somebody. You're holding the hand of someone who may be trapped. It could be the husband, it could be the wife, it could be the whole family. But there's something going on in your life. And God doesn't want that thing to dictate to you your freedom with God. It's not to bind you or keep you bound. It's to set you free, your soul free. My burden, would you take Keith's hand right there? I want you to grab the hand of that person. And if you're determined that I'm never going to let that stuff bind my soul, but I'm going to keep my soul free. Then I want you to step out, grab that person's hand, and come walking to the altar with them. I want you to be here at the altar. You say, I refuse to let the enemy capture my soul. God has declared he can keep my soul free regardless of my situations, regardless of what I'm going through, what I've been through, or what I might go through. I can be free. I might be broke. I might be struggling to make ends meet, but I can be free. I might have a lousy job I have to go to day after day, but in the midst of that job, I can be free. My physical, my flesh, my fight, my war, but my spirit, my soul, my inner man can be free regardless of situations. And I want to tell you the way to keep your soul free tonight. They're going to sing, and where you lift your hands, and you begin to worship the God who can cause your soul to escape from the fowler. That's how you'll be free tonight. If you can lift your hands now and you can worship, you will find before you leave this place, 
God's made you free. Go ahead, guys. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he Hallelujah. Come on, raise your hands and praise him. There's a place for me I'm a child 
Praise the name of the Lord. One more time, I want you to grab the hand of someone. And I want you to look at them. And say, if you ever feel trapped, I'm here for you. If I even, if I have to, Roll a stone back for you. We've all got to know that we can, we got somebody there for us. That we don't have to go through this thing. And most of all, if man fails you, never forget that God will never fail you. He's always there. One more time on the count of three, say, I am who he said I am. One, two, three. I am who he says I am. Give him praise one more time. God bless you. You're dismissed.